right. Good morning, everybody. I am Danielle McCormick. I am the host of the Sweet Spark podcast, and I've got my co-inspirer here, Miss Katie Levins. She's amazing. She's my best friend. And we are business consultants, have been in business for many years now, and we are helping a lot of business owners to grow their businesses, unscrew up their businesses, um, and helping young professionals to reach their goals, their dreams, where they're trying to go uh, by just giving real no BS advice on what to do, what not to do, um, and how you can continue to grow in your career without having to be a yes man um, and just have to kiss ass because we don't do that. We don't do that at all. Not here. <laughs> Definitely not um, necessary. No, definitely not necessary and definitely not what we are about. So um, today we're talking about quiet quitting and this whole phenomenon of quiet quitting. And I personally think that quiet quitting is, we're going to go all puns here, is the silent way to sabotage your career. We've recently put out a blog on this very subject that goes a whole lot more in depth, but wanted to talk about it here with uh, y'all because this is taking over the internet. There's a lot of people that are out there talking about what is quiet quitting and should I be doing it and all of that. And quiet quitting is absolutely not what you should be doing. Not when we're coming into a recession, not when we are, um, especially being on the growth train, getting those, being those goal getters and going to be um, people that are going to be advancing in our career fields. So Miss Katie, in your words, ma'am, what is quiet quitting? Quiet quitting is doing the very least. Um, you, you're a nine to five. You're going to do your job title and that only no more, no less. You walk out the door, you're done for the day. You're not thinking about it, touching mm -hmm. it again. Um, just absolutely not trying to overachieve by any means. You're basically just existing. You're just yeah. trying to yeah. maintain and hold on to the job that you have um, without trying to excel. It's one of those, I'm going to meet my bare minimum expectation and not put right. forth any extra effort. Right. And I think that that's where um, it feels like this very like damn the man type way of like, well, I'm not going to do anything extra that I'm not paid to do. But in so many arenas, like that just doesn't work. That's not how you can behave in your business. That's not how you can ever expect to grow. Um, I love when people are just going to do the bare minimum nine to four, nine to five, whatever your job work uh hours are and then expect that they should get a raise like right. what the hell have you done what did you do for the business what did you do to move us forward absolutely zero like you may have held on to your job okay thanks for being a button seat but that doesn't actually help us move forward and so then people are like well i need a raise to keep pace with inflation well maybe you should do some work that would keep pace with like help the business keep pace with what's going on economically um and be able to move their whole you know move everything forward. Now I will say I understand there is some you know there's a lot of this is a uh product of bad management. And a lot of folks mm -hmm. just feel like, well, I'm not getting the opportunities I need. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting the money that I want. Um, and I definitely can understand that. I've, de I've been in places like that. I've been in places where I've been passed over for, for promotion. And rather than backing down, I think that that's the time where you can just be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put a good mindset on. I'm going to do everything that I can in this role. And I'm going to learn as much as I can to go on to the next place. You have to absolutely so, filter forth. Yeah. 
yeah, you got to yeah, make for things sure. for you. You got to make your own um, way for you, for yourself and not rely on others to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know that then this also kind of lends itself to there's another like, I guess, phenomenon, internet phenomenon going on with quiet firing, which I guess kind of is like what I just said is where you are like passed over. They're not going to get rid of you, but they're not going to help you advance. They're not going to let you know, they kind of like put baby in a corner and <laughs> you're not yeah. actually able to do much. You don't have a lot of room. Uh, a lot of those folks tend to think that, well, okay, I probably need to go find another job or, you know, just politely piss off. And I don't know that necessarily we need to be worried so much about quiet fire and quiet quitting, all that type of stuff. I know that uh, so many people are trying to adjust to all of this, uh, all the symptoms really left over from COVID. Mm -hmm. And now like 30% or some crazy number of people are working permanently from home. And so where you used to be able to pass the time in your shitty job, it's like, I'm going to go to long lunches. I'm going to walk around and talk to my friends. And then I might sit down and do, you know, what's like the office space, do like 15 minutes of real actual work type of thing. Um, And then now everybody's at home and all you have are your like, obnoxious tasks and no friends to keep you company. (laughs) And I know that a lot of people are really starting to feel the burnout of that. Exactly. Exactly. No water cooler banter, no fish in the microwave, you know, no office (laughs) violations of any kind. Um, But yeah, like, and and people are feeling that burnout. And I think that's where this whole like quiet quitting piece comes in is that people are like, oh, well, to combat burnout from your shitty job, then you should just quietly quit and just don't do anything extra and don't do anything that people want you to do of above and beyond and blah, blah, blah. But I think that it's attacking really the wrong thing in a lot of ways, because to me, burnout comes not from whether you love your job or not. I mean, yes, it kind of does, but it's not necessarily a matter of like being overworked. Sometimes people, yes, you can be like burning the candle at both ends. I get that. But a lot of times your burnout comes from just a a total lack of purpose. Like, are you in a job that doesn't fulfill you? There's a lot of people that take jobs that are like, yeah, it pays the bills. I kind of hate it. Well, yeah, no matter what you're doing, whether it's nine to five, eight to five, eight to eight, you know, whatever, you're going to feel burned out because it's just not what you're on fire for. Um, And so I feel like this is more a time rather than saying like, I'm going to set these boundaries as a means of like self-preservation or whatever it's supposed to mean is that like, why are you burned out? Like, I feel like people really need to reflect on why are you burned out? Is it a lack of overall purpose? Is it, you know, like, what are you missing? And I know that also in jobs, like you can get a lot of, I feel like there's burnout in two ways. Like you either get burned out because you have a lack of purpose and you're doing a, a job that's not aligned with where, where your dreams, passions, goals, all that are, or you're in a role where you're constantly having to fight to do your job. And where you're, you have stupid processes and there's like bullshit red tape and there's like all this type of stuff that's just making it so difficult to get your job done. I can definitely see that that is a way that you would be burned out. Also, it happens a lot in big bureaucracy type places and bureaucracy isn't even just like government or whatever. It's just any of those 800 pound gorilla type uh, companies that have a frozen middle that have, you know, a management layer that's not really willing to move or do much because they're trying to rice bowl and protect what they've got. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where there's burnout all around, but quitting is never the answer. 
I guess is spoiler alert. That's like what all of this is about. That's is that quitting is never the answer. Yeah, exactly. Quitting's not the answer. Um, but I think also like any time that you're in a place where you would want to have this like quiet quitting, like damn the man, I'm not going to do anything else type of thing is usually if you're, that's where a target rich environment is available. Like that's usually where there's bad management. There's going to be bad processes. There's going to be stupid systems. There's going to be outdated stuff. There's going to be a whole host of interesting things that you can go forward and fix, that you can take on your own, that you can make your own, your own pet pet project, passion project, whatever you want to call it, and something to pad your resume, something that you is can can own end to end on your all by yourself. And Mm -hmm. can then tell that story to the next employer of, I took it on myself. I made sure that I had all of the, um, I had the wherewithal, first of all, to identify the problem, got the buy-in from the people around me, got partners to help me on this. We did this solve and so on. Like that was one thing that I really loved when I worked at, uh, used to work for a large clothing retailer. I don't know if I can say their name. I think I can. (laughs) Gap. I used to work You're for on Gap. The side of and one of the things, yeah, exactly. Like, can I say this? I'm not, I'm only going to say good things. Um, we'll never badmouth an employer. Um, but I, yeah, I used to work for Gap. And one of the best things that I thought that they had was on their intranet. It was all about um, like my next job. At least, I mean, it was 10 years ago, so who knows? Uh, But if they still have it. But it was all about my next job. And it was like, yeah, 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 you have your job. As long as you're not an idiot, you don't screw it up. Like, you get to keep your job, right? But where are you wanting to go? Where do you want to, what do you want to be when you grow up type of thing? And so then you and your manager would work together to figure out, okay, if you're here and you want to move over to software, or if you're software and you want to move over to design, or, you know, whatever that movement pattern is that you're wanting to make, you start to work with your employer to figure out what those things are that you can do to put in place and how it is that you can move forward um, toward my next job. So I think that you can actually kind of take that on your own. Like, yes, there's a lot of places where you're not going to have that person, right? You're not going to have that super uber supported boss or you wouldn't be looking to leave or quiet quit, right? You wouldn't even be uh, reading articles like, what is quiet quitting and should I be doing it? Um, You would just be charging forward, rocking it out, crushing it like you're supposed to. Um, But for those that don't have that positive management experience, you can take this on your own and figure out, okay, what skills do I need? I'll just take my own you know, experience. If you're a program manager and you're trying to get to a management role, well, you would have to have managed projects or at least be able to tell the story as to why you would be a good manager, why you would be a good fit as a leader to a team. So the only way that you can gain that experience if you're being passed over for a position is to go above and beyond. Rather than quietly sit back and be like, oh, I've been passed over, then I'm just going to, you know, sit here and muddle and wait till the economy gets better, whatever that means, um, and hope that you can get into a better role. I think that this is one of those times that you actually look for extra work, look for teams that need help, look for problems that are occurring in your environment so that you're able to harvest those skills and more importantly, and we'll do a whole segment on this um, in the coming weeks, but more importantly is you need to be able to tell the story as to why you deserve that next role. 
And you're only going to be able to tell that story, like every story, we want the details, right? Your next hiring manager is going to want those details. What the hell did you do? Why should I pay you this money? But I think when you do it right, when you do lean into it, when you don't sit back and be like, oh, well, blah, blah, you know, and piss and moan about how you've been passed over, I think that you can actually really make that advantageous for yourself um, and harvest that story to get the bigger dollar. And really a lot of this is to, I think you can come out of this, at least in my own story, um, but I've seen a lot of folks and even in the career coaching that I do is bring those skills along just because you're in one role for a long time doesn't mean that you don't have the skills to move elsewhere because you can prove that you fit there with the story, with the details, with the accolades and accomplishments. Um, and especially the metrics, you got to be able to say, like, I took this from 10% to 30%. I took, you know, I two X whatever. Um, I've obviously done a lot of talking on this. Um, I get on a roll, I get excited, I get passionate about people, um, not sitting on their laurels and, you know, hoping for the best that somebody should just hand them things. Um, because I do firmly think that there's people that do shit and there's people that don't do shit. <laughs> so, uh, definitely wanting folks to, um, take this time while their coworkers are doing like fuck all at work. You can actually take this, look at those problems, make them your own, get solves in there. Not only does it make you more valuable in a recession type environment, which we're going into. I mean, we all need to have eyes wide open knowing where we're going. If you've been around for any time in the career field, you know that no one is safe when you start going into a recession. I know that me as a consultant um, in my past that we're the first to get cut. Like we get schwacked real fast <laughs> or first to hire when money is good and first to fire when money is bad. Like it's just the way of the business. So the only way to make yourself invaluable is to be, or to make yourself secure, I should say, is to be invaluable. Absolutely. And the only way you can do that is by putting more tools in your toolbox. And mm -hmm. if you're not willing to step out and to go the extra mile, then when it comes time for evaluation, do I keep A or B? Well, let's see who's willing to do more and be a little bit more ambitious and get more done. Mm -hmm. Not saying that you have to sacrifice life and limb to better yourself or to, but everybody should want to do better. Everybody should want to do more. Um, perfect example. I was talking to a family member the other day and her close friend was She's a um, young kid and she is a manager at a fast food chain. Their assistant general manager is moving on. And so they approached her and said, you know, hey, what do you think about taking this position? And she was like, well, why, what's the benefit? And they're like, well, it's a salary, which is a healthy increase. Mm -hmm. But she's like, it's salary. I won't get any overtime. I'd have to work more than 50 hours a week. And I already see how much he works and it's just not worth it. And I'm like, you're, you're not willing to double your, and I'm like, it's a resume builder. And she was like, yeah, well, yeah we had a catering order to go the other week. And, you know, we had 200 burgers that had to be done and we only had 60 done, but I got the rest of them cranked out in 30 minutes. That's a resume builder. And I'm like, huh, mm -mm. Sure that's not quite the same. I don't think you no. understand or grasping, but it's a prime opportunity, a prime example that people want to do the bare minimum. They don't want to put in the extra work and nine times out of 10, it's their own detriment at their own detriment. Exactly. And that's the part that's frustrating. Well, and also not even realizing the opportunities that are coming to you. 
there's so many people that are like, well, like you said, like, I want this other opportunity. Well, what about the one that's staring you right in the face? It may not be beautiful, but you can turn that just like, I mean, any news outlet, right? Turns it into whatever the hell they want it to say and what it, what they want it to be. Right. Like you too can put the spin on whatever you need to just take that opportunity that's in front of you. Cause what are you going to do? Crank out 30 burgers and hope that that's the story you can tell. Right. Like, cool. You're great under pressure. Like <laughs> I should hire you for my next catering event. But obviously if you're somebody that wants to move into management, things like that, you're not going to be able to pick and choose. People do swear that like, Oh, it should be fair. It should be easy. It should be this bullshit. No. Life ain't fair. How often are we talking about? Well, like we've talked Ex about before is that life's not fair. We preach to our kids all the time. Life's not fair. But then yeah. as adults, we're like, oh, God, this isn't fair. I don't want to do an exactly. extra 45 minutes worth of work. Right. You know, it's just, We're just it's, overgrown it's, children whining about the same thing. Exactly. But now where we were, we had parents telling us what to do, or we're telling our kids what to do. We're looking for somebody to tell us what to do instead of a little bit of self-reflection and saying, huh, I'm now the one that needs to be told life's not fair. The work exactly. balance at work isn't always fair. Sometimes you're going to have more on your plate than your peers, mm -hmm. but you know what? Knock it out. Earn your keep. It is what you make it. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and then, yeah, that's, that's the thing is people are like, well, I'm not doing something I'm not being paid for. You may not be paid for it right now. That's, I think the biggest fallacy of all of this is that people are saying, well, I'm not being paid for it right now. Correct. You're right. Full stop. You are correct. However, you will be paid handsomely for it later. So do it now, build up the experience now. So it's irrefutable as to why you should deserve that salary and why you should deserve that job because you've already done it. I mean, Absolutely. when I, I, in my, in the blog, we talked about like, they go a little bit further into at least my story. Um, and I was working over a hundred hours a week, taking on a pet project. I was actually told not to do expressly told not to do, <laughs> but I thought it was a too important and b honestly too valuable. Like I truly saw the opportunity in it for me, for myself to be like, if I can solve this big ass hairy problem then that is a huge feather in my cap that makes me super valuable in the job market and no one else can have that story but me. Right. And I think that when, but yeah, I wasn't paid for, I used to joke. I was like, I am the lowest paid project manager because I am working so many hours. <laughs> like, but then I went to my next job and quite literally doubled my salary because I could tell the story of how end to end I owned it. I ran it. I fixed it. I solved it. I knew exactly what it was that you, I could tell you every single detail metric, everything, but you can't fake your way through that. There's a lot of people that can blow about a lot of bullshit at a job interview. And then you get six months in and realize like, Hmm, did we do a bad hire? Was this not our best? <laughs> you know, well, that think about how many people sit and like, if people took all of the time and energy they spent, bitching and molly grubbing about the monotony or the X, Y, and Z or this pathetic process. And it's ridiculous if they took that energy and effort and just reformed the process or, yeah. you know what I mean? Repurpose, recreate, re, you know, build something. You're, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you can improve it. You know what I mean? You start exactly. to get a flat, you put air in it. So fix it. You know what? I, if you see a problem, if you identify a problem, it's not only going to benefit you, it'll benefit your peers. Your supervisor will probably be super happy as well. Mm -hmm. Morale will start to, I mean, it just dominoes. Like things really just kind of start to snowball. And then it's, like you've said, it's a feather in your cap. Absolutely. And then you're on the map and people are like, well, where did this come from? This is fantastic. Well, Susie Q got off her butt and did something and made it better for everybody. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. You can read the benefits about later.
Well, and I mean, it, it helps, like we're saying, like, be a go-getter, but in some ways it helps to be a lazy go-getter, um, you know, because <laughs> uh, if it's a lazy person, um, you know, I've got a guy on my team that he's great, but he's also like, uh, I just try the laziest, most efficient way to do something so it saves me time. Great. I'm going to give you all the crappy processes or all the things that we need to figure out a better way to do, because I know that you're going to find the way that takes the least amount of time. Well, there's a really like, funny story about that kind of a sidebar. So there's an adage that's like, you want to find the easiest, most efficient way to do something. You give it to the laziest person on the team because yep. what do they want to do? Finally. <laughs> so there was this manufacturer, I think it was toothpaste. It was years ago that uh -huh. they discovered that so many empty tooth box or toothpaste boxes were being shipped out. Mm -hmm. So they spent all this money on conveyor belts and weighing the boxes to make sure every box actually had a tube of toothpaste in it. Well, the machine apparently was loud and funky because the factory worker, these guys come in to do an inspection, see how their equipment's doing, and none of the equipment was running. And they're like, what are you doing? We just spent all this money. And he was like, it was way too loud. I couldn't stand it. He turned on an oscillating fan and parked it right in front of the conveyor belt, and it would blow all the empty boxes off. You know what I mean? So instead of having to listen to the oh of the God. machine and, you know, all the beeping of the scales and everything, he was like, mm -mm, forget it. Screw this. Yeah. Like, bring my little fan out here. I got fresh air blowing in my face and I'm watching all the boxes blow away and I know what's going to waste and what's not. Like, so yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example. You just give the problem to the Maybe instead of yeah. saying laziest, the most efficient. <laughs> most efficient. There we go. It's all about the spring It's all about the story. That's right. Yeah, but ultimately, I was yeah. like, that makes perfect sense. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. kudos to him. But I mean, that port had the had some of the folks in the in the suite had the mindset to be like, hey, let's talk to the people on the floor and see what yes. opportunities and suggestions they have to offer. I mean, they could have saved tons of money. <laughs> Yes. Well, and especially if you're a lower level manager that is trying to move up, that is one of the best things you can do, not only for the morale of your entire team, but um, for all my Lean Six Sigma nerds out there, like go to the Gemba, like you're exactly what you're saying. Go to the factory floor, go to the front line, go to the counter, whatever that front line looks like in your role. Go there and see what problems are happening. Make it more efficient. Make it better for them. I promise you'll make friends because if you actually give two craps about what it is that is making their life hard, then you will make an impact and a positive impact. And especially like, yes, there's people that have cost, you know, done cost savings, da, 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 da. There is a whole lot more money to be made if you are helping revenue, if you are helping output, if you are doing things to make it more efficient and better for the workers, and especially if you're doing things to be better for the workers, all of the workers are going to be happier. Happy workers work harder. And like you said, it snowballs and makes it to where everybody wants to jump in and be a part of it rather than pissing and moaning about how much it sucks and how this process, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it just devolves from there. human nature and human, you know, human nature, people want to accomplish things and they want to be a part of something mm -hmm. good. And they want that feel good of either checking the box or the high five. You made things so much easier yeah. too. So, I mean, if you want to be selfish about it, be like, what can I do to make my life better so that I'll feel better about being here? But ultimately you're still going to help people and it's mm -hmm. still going to, and just make it about you. What can I do to make my name known that I'm a go-getter? I'm going to get this done. Yeah. And then, so whenever a position rolls around, you know, who, do you know anybody? Heck yeah, I do. You know, mm -hmm. she's always on the ball. She streamlined these processes without having to be asked, you know, if, if we need her, she's willing yeah. to jump in, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's not to say that you have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right. but 
you don't just stay so rigid within your nine to five and my right. six points of my job description only. I mean, that's where other duties as a sign kind of fall in. And so many people have strayed from that. They're like, mm -mm, not my yes. job, not my job. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like the, not my area, not my job, not my problem is I, it, it's a huge detriment. And like you said, I mean, if, if people want to be selfish about the whole, like, cause I think quiet quitting is extremely selfish. I think it's stupid mm -hmm. because not only is it selfish to your company and people be like, well, I'm selfish about my time. Good for you. But why don't you be selfish about your salary? Why don't you be selfish about garnering all the skills that you can? Why don't you like be the ball hog, you know, and give the elbows to the people that are going to try to beat you out? And rather than playing the political game, make it again, irrefutable with evidence, with points, with, um, you know, points of interest, not political points. Uh -huh. Yes, everybody has to play the political game. I suck at it. Um, but <laughs> you do have to play it at some point. It's way overrated. Um, but, I mean, you can also get around the political game if you happen to not be that great at it, like me, um, by just outperforming everybody else. Like, uh, you know, be the person that gets shit done. Be the person that's known as unmatched effort. Be the person that will, you know, keep moving even when stuff sucks. Um and won't just be a weight because yeah, I feel well, like and then, we have also gotten away from like not firing people like that. Well, then the whole, yeah, absolutely. And the woe, the woe is me mentality is it's mm -hmm. tired. It's exhausting. Like this whole, like, Oh, I'm so overworked or I'm so tired. Or, you know, I, I bring my work, my home bullshit into work. Nobody wants to hear mm -hmm. it. And mm -mm. sorry about your bad luck. It sucks. But ultimately in the workplace, nobody cares, you know, not to say yeah. that as a human on a human level. Yes. I know you, Danielle, I care. I'm sorry. You're going through some stuff, but we still have a deadline. You know what I mean? At the end of the yeah. day, there's a way to handle it and still be a human about it. But on the business, like if you take and you just have the business on the paper and you're just talking about business, I, you know, I, I'm sorry you're going through it, but I don't care. We have a deadline we have to hit, which right. may sound insensitive but there's, there's a balance to it. Well, and like we, we talk about all the time that like you, everything you want is on the other side of work. And uh -huh. if you're bringing your home bullshit into the, into the workplace, you're likely to be on the first list to get schwacked when things are tight or we have to move people or whatever. And you won't be quietly fired. You will be loudly fired. Yes. <laughs> and then, I mean, think about how that divorce or how that, a death in the family or how that whatever that really tough time is. Yes, they all suck. We've all been through them. They are horrible. They do make it tough to concentrate at work. However, they will be exponentially worse if you now have money troubles on top of it because you got fired because you couldn't figure out how to focus. Exactly and absolutely. And it's one of those things too, like everybody's going to go through trials and tribulations with life. And it's like I said, it's not to say that you can't be a human and be like, you know, I'm forgive me, I'm going through this but I'm still mm -hmm. going to put my nose to the grindstone and try to get my job done. I'm not, you know, I'm not, right. I don't want us to come across as insensitive because we definitely understand like there is oh, still a level of compassion and empathy there. But yeah. if you, if you can't be in your chair and, and perform your job function, then take the time, heal and recover a mm -hmm. little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like get your, and get your hat on, do what you got to do. Put your pump up song on, on the way to work, or, you know, you gotta, you gotta put it, got to get in your mind space, put it in the box while you're at work and put it on the shelf for a little bit and then unpackage it when you leave. Um, right. But I mean, if at the end of the day, if you're wanting to do better and get somewhere else, you've got to be able to kind of compartmentalize sometimes too. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that we don't necessarily um, talk about a lot. And I know this is kind of going off, but, but I, we're going to talk more about this in like another episode, but um, is bring, yes, bringing your whole self to work is great. Being, bring your authentic self to work is great. Yes. Be you don't feel like you have to be a yes, man. Don't feel like you have to conform and all that kind of stuff. However, don't feel like that means it's just open door to bring all your baggage and bullshit with you to bring drama. Like that's not what authenticity means at all. Uh-uh. So I would say people can quietly quit that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Quietly, <laughs> quietly quit bringing your crap please to work. And thank you. <laughs> yes, please. And thanks the management and everybody else around you. Um, but yeah, I, my, my whole thing on quietly quitting is it's just, it's, it's spreading negativity under the guy. I guess that's where my biggest issue with all of it is it's spreading negativity and green lighting lazy when under the guise of protection or not being overworked or not being taken advantage of or any of that. And I think it's just such a bad message. Um, and it rates right up there with just a lot of things that I feel that all professionals, not just young professionals, but all professionals are being told in the workplace, much like, you know, women throwing around, like they have to act like men at work. No, you can be a powerhouse and not be a bitch. Like you can get things done and you can have boundaries and not quietly quit or be lazy. Like you can do all these things and it's not one or the other. And it's a very shortage scarcity type mentality when opportunity literally abounds. There's absolutely opportunity everywhere, whether it's broken systems and processes and things like that to being able to level up and go to a new place, a new job, a new whatever. And it also is such a limiting factor in like saying that you're stagnant, you know, like you should quietly quit because they're not going to pay you here. Or you should quietly quit because they're overworking you right here. It's, it's giving people the illusion that you don't have any movement or any choices. So the only way to preserve yourself and the only way to like make it work is to do the bare minimum and not contribute much at all. And I think that that's think just really the, a really the bad it, message. Oh, it's an awful message. And I think you touched on it earlier too, mm-hmm. that at the root of it, a lot of it's a lot of it's often just self-reflection. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you've talked about too, you know, yeah, there yeah. are, there's, there are places that morale's awful or this, that, and the other, but really at the end of the day too, you've got to reflect, is this something that you're going to put more into what you care about too. It's that old adage that's, mm-hmm. you know, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. So if, oh, you, absolutely. I mean, find a way to make it great. You know, you just, it's, it's all about a mindset. It's a positive spin and a positive attitude and quiet quitting will not get you anywhere, but out the door faster, <laughs> not always on to bigger and better yeah. either. Well, well, and like you said, yeah, 100%. I'm glad you just said that is it won't take you on to bigger and better. And the whole great resignation and all of that that's going on right now is clear evidence of that. Great resignation is working for people with choices. 
It's not working for people that don't have the story to say where they need to go. It's not working for people that don't have a long list of accolades that can just pick wherever they want to go and not have, you know, whether they want to work from home or want to work from office or whatever, you don't have those choices until you've put the time in and you've been able to grind and you've been able to come up with some type of value for yourself. Otherwise, there are a lot of people out here that have either want to quit or have quit swearing that they're going to go find greener pastures, but they're not actually able to do that because they have not put that in, have not put the time in, have not put the effort, you know, whatever that ingredient is um, to create their value. And your middle of the road employees are the ones that are suffering the most from the illusion of this quiet quitting, great resignation, greener pastures, all this type of like narrative bullshit because they can't actually land that perfect post pandemic job because they don't have anything to show for it. Right. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's also exhausting trying to tell people, like, move your ass. That is how you succeed. <laughs> like, yes. like, nobody cares. Work harder. Like, but really, nobody cares. Yeah. Work harder. You know, like, that's all that's going to get there. Well, and you really get have you to that. hustle now to reap the reward and enjoy life later. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying mm -hmm. don't take the time to enjoy what you're doing now, but if you ultimately want, everybody has a goal. If you want to get to that goal, nine times out of 10, the way you get there is by hustling. Like you don't ever yeah. see anybody sitting on their ass, not doing a damn thing, Excel and Just skyrocket. Becoming, yeah. And becoming independently right. wealthy and someone that you would idol. Like, yeah, no, that's not You got to get works. in, you got to get your hands dirty. You got to sweat a little bit. Those are the grindstone. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it, it's not always fun, but you can make it fun. Again, it's the attitude. It's the mentality. You yeah. know, you just got to think about what am I going to get to on the other side of my work? Well, and I actually, there, oh, I cannot remember where I saw this for the life of me. Cannot remember. But um, I remember they were saying that like your 20s are for getting as many like certifications, as much education, as much um, like kind of things on paper, if you will. Uh, as possible. And then your thirties are for getting as many skills, like enough, as many life skills, just packing it in the bag, like as many things as you can get. And then working in your forties, because you've done those things in your twenties and thirties, your forties are for making money, like go out there and just make bank and enjoy it. You know, like enjoy, obviously you're wanting to enjoy the process the entire way, but that was actually something that I was told actually really early on. And again, for the life of me, can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was my dad. Maybe it was a book. Maybe I don't remember. Um, but like, that was just kind of one of those things that every time that I got to a kind of a tough spot that it was thinking, okay, I want to take this project on because it's going to help me, you know, put more things, more feathers in my cap, more value, more um, varied skills that I can take elsewhere. I don't know where they're going to lead me. But if I have them in my toolkit, then I can employ them later. And I could not begin to tell you how many, um, it, the varied businesses that I've worked in, the varied capacities that I've worked in, the, you know, being on all sides of the business. Now that makes me such a well-rounded business engineer. And I'm working with some businesses, recalling on things that you and I did at the police department, you know, working on things that I'm recalling skills that I gained from Gap and, you know, just so on that I never thought would crop up ever again. You know, I thought that was like old news, but now it's things that are actually relevant. And I just feel like when like the fast food restaurant, if you're not going to take what's in front of you, you may not know where that leads you later. It may not be the most right. beautiful thing. It may not be what you absolutely want to do. 
but it's being served into your world for a reason. And I'm one of those that everything happens for a reason type of people. Um, and I think you have to grab hold of what's put in front of you because it's there for the taking and it's there for a reason. Almost certainly. And then too, you know, you had the buzzword when you mentioned the police department, one of the greatest lessons I learned from working at the police department is the very extreme difference between theory and application. Like that will make a oh break situation. God, yes. And so just even, <laughs> yes. right? so even talking about this burger joint situation in theory, she thinks she's, or she's not going to take this opportunity because she's going to have to work more than 50 hours a week. And, um, she's, you know, mm -hmm. her life's going to be spent at this place. Well, in theory, yeah, but an application, if you get in there and you streamline processes within what, six, eight weeks and you clean up what might be a mess because he was so scrambled and scatterbrained or just didn't yep. have the, yep. the skill set to organize and structure and process. If she would just mm -hmm. take the opportunity to apply what she knows then it could be a skate gig and things could be, you know what I mean? And then it could open up a plethora of opportunities and doors too, as oh, well yeah. as being a resume builder, not meeting a quota of burgers in two hours. Like I just wanted to, yes. like, yes. it just drove me bananas. I was like, yeah. just stop and let's talk and let's think about it for a minute. Yes. I have, just... I have a really good friend and same thing. Like the company wants her to take on this big new account. They want her to, you know, take on the, all these other things, but is also like, um, I'm sorry, I don't take calls past 430. Well, um, at least in my business now, this is one of those that is a little exhausting, but yes, I work across many time zones. So 430 where, because if you're quitting 430 in Florida, like your friends in California just came back from lunch. So, I mean, you have to at least, especially if you're working for a large company, you have to know that you may have your boundaries, but that doesn't coincide with how the natural course of business goes. No. Well, then too, it depends on what type of industry you're in and what you're doing. Yeah, but 100%. generally speaking, yeah. across the board, any industry, any business, if you are high enough up at the you know, high enough up the ladder, shit can pop off at any time. Uh, and yeah. if you <laughs> want the salary, you have to have the title. And if you want that title, if you have that title, you have to put out fires. So, oh yeah, I mean, there's always a little bit of give and take, but a lot of it comes down to your perspective and your management and your goals and your mindset. Your, you know what I mean? Like you can still have mm -hmm. boundaries, but yeah. you have to be willing to kind of escape outside of those boundaries sometimes to succeed and thrive and flourish. And then if you're the one that you're the only one that answers in the middle of the night, when everything's burning to the ground, then there again, like you're a go-to, you are a problem mm -hmm. solver. That's another, you're reliable, your you're reliable, mm -hmm. you're trustworthy, you're in it for the cause, the greater good of the company and the employees. And the, I mean, just all of it, it, there's just a lot of good that can come from working yeah. harder. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I hate to say actually, it's generational, but there is a lot of yeah. gap in generation and mindset too. But it's 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 a coaching. Like anybody can be coached through and anybody can learn. Well and anybody can be dependable. Like even dependability, mm -hmm. trustworthy, being that rock solid person, like that is so, so, so valuable. I've worked with people that are top of their field, absolutely ace, know everything, savant-like genius, right? But they're so damn flaky. You can't ever get a hold of them. You can't ever get an answer. You can't any of that. Like just being dependable is 
also one of the biggest things that you can do. And if you're quietly quitting, you're not being dependable <laughs> at all. Not at all. No. Just a secret. <laughs> You're not being a secret. You're not, you're not being dependable. You're being, yeah. Just, you're being dumb. Yeah. You're being dumb. Yeah. I mean, dumb. Blank, blank. Hey, but, but I mean, really, but like, I, that is what career suicide really looks like. And people are like, Oh, I just want to make sure that my career is not suicide by career. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. But like you said, just a minute ago, as you get higher up the food chain, it is more about, and I, I actually had a coach that put this beautifully one time. He's like, it's more about harmony than balance. Cause balance, ex again, it's that, uh, stagnation, you know, it's that, that nothing moves or it falls over. Right. And mm -hmm. harmony is that there's ebbing and flowing of the time of the energy of the output, the input, things like that. And so you actually have, um, it's, it's, it flows better, you know, like it, it just flows better, but you have to know that there's going to be times in the ebb or flow, whichever you want to side, you want to look at it, that you're going to feel like, Oh my God, when is this going to end? But then you get to that finish line, you get to that go live, you get to that, you know, whatever the deliverable is, and you're finally able to breathe a little bit. Right. And my, so. what a mighty good feeling that is. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Take a deep breath and yeah, embrace it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, this is our first edition of the Sweet Spark podcast. Uh, again, coming in, swinging with the quiet quitting, quiet firing, quietly don't stop, just work harder because no one gives a shit, just work harder. <laughs> um, but we, again, we're here to help you guys um, advance your careers to help you uh, see through the crap into what's really going to help you out. And this is not one of those things that's going to help you out. So hashtag life hack. This is not it. Like hard work <laughs> will always win. Hard work will always be the part that gets you through. Um, and we're this, the quiet quidditch just feels like word salad. It's just word salad for being lazy. Yes. Be okay Get with being lazy. And just do something. <laughs> it's, it's just like word salad for being lazy. So yeah, and then people want to defend it. I love, I love reading the commentary when people want to defend it and they're like, no, it's defending my energy. Well, fucking go do yoga for that, dude. Like right. go defend your energy right. elsewhere. <laughs> and my boundaries, this and my boundaries that nobody's saying exactly. you can't have boundaries, just have a healthy set of boundaries that will still perpetuate your success and your growth and your well-being. Yeah. Or would yeah. you like to put boundaries on your business? Would you like to put boundaries on your budget? Would you like to put boundaries on your bank account? Because that's what you're doing. Uh -huh. And if you're the I feel employer, like we need to tell the whole story want... if that's what we're going to do. Right. And if you're the employer, yeah. do you want a pot of minions working for you or with you that are constantly saying, mm, hard stop, I'm done. I'm not going to yeah. help you grow your business. You're not going to help me grow mine. Yeah, no. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. I, I wouldn't hire those people. Not at all. So, all right. Thank you guys for joining. Um, we will be back in next week with more awesome business greatness. And, uh, if you want to please subscribe, <laughs> hit the like button, subscribe, share, uh, if you find value in this, um, and we will see you guys later. Thank you so much. Bye.
Bye.